guys, you're listening to Bento Podcast. We're a podcast series for and by millennials that talks about topics and issues surrounding our generation. And we're bringing you stories of millennials from all over the world and their journey. I'm your host, Ben, and let's get this episode started. Hey, what is up, guys? Welcome back to Bento Podcast. This is episode number 10 of season three, and this is dealing with quarter-life crisis. Now, before we begin... Usually, like, one season of Bento Podcast would consist of about 10 episodes. So one of the things that I realized is that 10 episodes seems to be too short now. And I kind of, like, want to take this new approach of just going as far as I can and just finishing a concept that I've planned beforehand. And so Season 3 will go beyond Episode 10. So, yeah, we're going to have more episodes of Bento Podcast in the upcoming weeks. But, yes, let's start with today's topic and which is dealing with quarter-life crisis. Now, this episode is a slightly different episode because, um, for once, this is an episode that's very near and dear to me. This is an episode that is very personal, I could say. And uh, more than that, you know, it's an episode that I think a lot of us and those of you, the listeners out there, can really relate with, especially if you're, you know, right around my age and pretty much in that sort of... uh, condition or that sort of an environment where uncertainty is really you know I would say becoming the mother of all problems and just changing plans and just you know causing that sort of an anxiety so before we begin with today's episode first of all follow us on our Instagram at bentopodcast.id and if you have any questions and if you have any comments please email us at bentopodcast2020 at gmail.com Alright, so today what we're going to discuss is about understanding the word quarter-life crisis. Now, I think this one word of quarter-life crisis is quite common, I would say. But for those of you who want to know the meaning of what quarter-life crisis is, actually, well, it actually can take a lot of meanings. But for me, personally... It's that particular stage in your in your 20s when you have this sort of um, uncertain decisions and you're in a state where you don't really know where to go. You know, you're just lost. You're just not sure of where to step on to next or where to go to next. And that always happens in your 20s because that's really the time when you start to step out into society as like literally... A working part of society you're no longer a student you're entering that transition phase between your life before which is a student that in your job is only studying to becoming a real functioning member of society working or maybe like making your own business or just doing your own part for society so in that particular sense you know that's what the word quarter-life crisis mean and I'm pretty sure this is, you know, something that I think a lot of us are very familiar with. But just in case if you've never really understood the word, well, that's basically the explanation for it. So one of the reasons why I wanted to discuss this particular topic in general is because I start to feel and I start to see that sort of um, anxiety and that sort of, um, I would say, lack of direction that is very common and very prevalent among my social environment now i'm not saying that everyone is going through this but 
I'd like to think that everyone has gone through this at certain parts of their lives. May not necessarily be in their 20s, may not necessarily be in their 30s, sometimes like even in their late teens. Like these kinds of things do happen. But the good thing about quarter life crisis, in my opinion, is that it allows us to really explore ourselves as an individual. It really gets, you know, pushes us to like get to know ourselves more. And so considering how people would perceive quarter life crisis as a negative thing, and despite the fact that it's very prevalent, especially now with the conditions of COVID and everything, I think it's worth a mention to kind of just discuss this whole topic of what exactly is quarter life crisis, why is it happening, and what should we do to kind of deal with those, you know, with these sorts of things. Now, you guys have sent in a lot of questions, and uh, honestly, I'm very, very thankful for each and every one of them. Uh, unfortunately, before we begin, I'd just like to mention that um, for this time, I'll try to fit in three to four questions, depending on how, uh, you know, how long or how far we'll go later on. But I'll try to include more because this is, first of all, this is a solo cast, and I think, you know, it'll be much more possible for me to kind of like fit things in because it's going to be more flexible. But yeah, so, you know, why does it happen? Like, why does quarter-life crisis happen in the first place? Like, why is it even a thing to begin with? Now, I'd like to think that quarter-life crisis is a thing because of society's expectations. It's as simple as that, in my opinion. Quarter-life crisis happened because of society's expectations and the fact that we have our own expectations, but sometimes our expectations may not necessarily fit the society's expectation. It happens. It happens more often than you think. One thing, like, for example, a quarter-life crisis scenario, a very common one, is that once you graduate, you don't know what to do. You don't know where to work. You don't know what you want to do. You don't know what you want to be. You don't, want your, you don't know what your goal is. That's a very common quarter-life crisis scenario where you're just lost. There's a lot of paths in front of you. You don't know which one's hard, which one's easy. But at the same time, you don't know where each of these paths are going to lead you. And the most important thing is you don't know which one you want to go on to. And that becomes a dilemma of its own. It becomes a crisis for us because... We're at a stage in our lives where we want to like this, uh, like decide things. You know, we want to make sure and we want to imagine that things are already set. All we have to do is just go with the flow and choose the direction that we've already wanted. But unfortunately, as we all know, life doesn't always work like that. It really doesn't. So a lot of the times when we talk about society's pressure. You know, one of the biggest concerns that I would say we would have is especially in this part of the world, the eastern part of the world, society's expectations have a bigger meaning. It has a bigger sort of implication to our lives because somehow, some way, it's like people that don't even know you kind of has a hand in kind of deciding your life, like where it should go, what it should be like, and all these kinds of things. And you know, whether you realize it or not, it becomes a point of thought where you start thinking like, oh, okay, before I decide where I want to be or what I want to be, I have to really think about what society would think if I choose this way or that way. And society in this case can mean everyone. 
can mean your friend. It can mean your family. It can mean, you know, your next door neighbor. It can mean even the security guard guarding your, like, residence. You know, it's, it's, it's really those kinds of things that is very menial, I would say, if you want to look, look at it from, like, a very broad point of view. But if you really want to dig deep into it, yeah, that should really, really, you know, claws into your brain. So the first one is society's expectations. They always want us to be this model citizen. They always want us to be this ideal sort of representation of whatever they never became. And that's the fun that's the funny part. Society expects us, the young people, to be the ideal imagination, real life imagination of whatever they are thinking. And yet they've never been able to achieve that so it's like they're passing on their dreams or whatever there is that they've never been able to achieve to us and that becomes a very big problem because their expectations are mostly based on their experiences 30 40 maybe even 50 years ago which by today's standards may not necessarily be for example you know it it's it's not common or it's not really applicable anymore very simple let's say for the ladies for the, all the ladies listeners out there if you're living in this country in indonesia especially you'd be expected to get married at around 25 26 maybe for some families who are a bit more lax 28 29 but rarely you'd see a family who would go like hey you know you can get married in your 30s or 40s or nothing you know these sorts of things like um it it becomes a quarter life crisis as well because it really de- like decides your path it really decides the way you want to go because here's the thing marriage is a big thing Right? And I'm taking this as an example because this is one of the most common societal expectations that is out there. And yet people are still practicing it as I'm speaking right now. And the fact is that a lot of people are struggling with this. And I know this firsthand because I've heard stories about it myself from people who are very close to me. And so this is something that is definitely out there. So, you know, this like maybe for them getting married at like that age like 25 or 26 or 24 that's like kind of like their ideal image because that's what their ideal image was 40 50 years ago and their parents also projected that image to them because that was also their parents' ideal image 80 70 years ago you know so the cycle keeps continuing and it becomes this big like vicious cycle that keeps going on and on and on and on and on and we're just stuck in the middle of it So society expectations, in my opinion, is the first reason why people have a quarter-life crisis, like why young people today have quarter-life crisis. Now, the second reason, in my opinion, is the mentality, the young successful mentality. Now, here's here's the thing. A lot of people these days expect themselves to be super well off in their very early age in their mid-20s a lot of people would have like expect themselves to have a decent job a decent amount of income or even something very significant like a house now you might ask like how is this different from social expectations well 
the first is that it's more of a culture-based sort of a thing. You're forced to do something and you're forced to move in a certain direction because everyone around you is saying that. Now with this, is more because your mind is now wired to think that being successful in a young age is like a must. You know, it's like a lot of people these days are thinking, oh shit, by the time I'm about, like, am I like, by the time like I'm 30, if I can't like get myself like a decent house or a decent car or a decent job or a decent, you know, two times family vacation overseas, I'm a complete failure and my life is over. Trust me, this happens more often than you think. And the funny part is you have to really think. You, by the time, let's say you're 30, you're only 30. <laughs> you know, you got to like take that into account. You're only 30. Let's say you you want to live like until, I don't know, like maybe you don't want to live that long, 70, 75. That leaves you with 45 years to live. And let's say you want to work until you're 40 or 50. That still gives you 10 to 20 years to kind of like do stuff. Honestly, people's success these days are not just built overnight. Like, I think this is one of the things that, you know, really pushes young people, especially Gen Zs and millennials, you know, down to a point where it's just a crisis for them is like they expect themselves to be very successful at a very young age. Trust me when I say whatever you're seeing in Instagram, whatever you're seeing in social media, whatever you're seeing on the Internet, that's the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. All right. And it's just time to get real, honestly. Like at these days, I mean, like getting a job is hard enough, like let alone buying a house, you know. So and, you know, I've read a lot of reports by um renowned research companies and also by uh, websites like Bloomberg like publications like Bloomberg and also um, for example some data analytics company and they all say the same thing Millennials and Gen Z's are gonna be living a tough tough life compared to their parents and it's not because we're worse than them no it's actually quite the opposite we're actually quite brilliant compared to them but it's just that we're being born and you know we're growing up in a time where it's not really the kindest for our generation house prices are just soaring off like you know soaring off the moon for some reason and house prices going up does not equal wage going up and that's a huge problem because house prices keeps climbing up and then house like you know and our wage still goes at the same like rate. It, it just doesn't make sense. But that's what it is. That's what's happening. And that's why a lot of people, young ones especially, if you go to the states, if you go to like developed countries, most of them prefer to rent, not because they don't want to own a house, but because they can't. You know, so a lot of like this own self brought stress that you have to like be successful by your mid 20s or your late 20s is really pushing millennials or Gen Z's to really go for that quick rich scheme and it brings them at a, like an impasse between like whether they really want to follow their dreams and live happily with what they want to do versus doing something that could possibly bring them a lot of money at the very you know very short period of time and highlight the maybe please and that happens a lot 
and that in my opinion is also one of the reasons why uh our generation is suffering from a quarter life crisis it's because we're hardwiring ourselves with people with the one percent of the one percent of the one percent that we generalize to be everyone our age trust me when i say this guys like if you know those of you listening if you just graduated if or maybe you're just you know you just started out and uh, you're still in a very like sort of an entry-level job believe me when i say everyone your age everyone around you is going through the same thing out of a, a like a hundred people that you know maybe only one have reached like reached that um, certain level of success that you'd wish you'd be at at that age that's one over a hundred and I'm saying that just on a whim it could be like out of a thousand maybe only ten or one which is even lower so with that in mind you know I would say that uh, this whole mindset of getting successful at an early age is not a bad thing but we have to kind of like try interpret this in a way that does not bring unnecessary stress and pressure because that's in my opinion is one of one of the biggest causes of a quarter life crisis the third and final reason according to me and this is my purely my opinion is that a quarter life crisis is happening because we don't know the true meaning of happiness at least for ourselves now here's the thing happiness for everyone is different all right now a lot of people you know have this sort of a i would say statement or this saying that money doesn't buy happiness now personally for me i kind of believe in that but here's the thing but if you don't believe in that that's fine too if you think money does buy happiness then that's fine as well that's the thing because here's the thing like money does bring you a lot of good stuff and a lot of problems sometimes but focus on the good stuff for now and you know you you're you're just allowing yourself to enjoy life a lot more and money enables you to do that so in that sense it's not that it's false you know so here's the thing a lot of our generations we don't really know what we want to be happy with you know we're always split between trying to gain happiness like in quotes and happiness in the sense ka-ching ka-ching you know so this sort of a divide is also bringing an like this sort of a branching route you don't know where you want to go left or right left means happiness happiness and right means like happiness ka-ching ka-ching happiness and you don't know which one's the right one and that becomes a quarter life crisis for you because trust me guys when i say this i see now here's the thing i don't know what my happiness is exactly as well just like all of you you know i'm not special in any way but a lot of people those in my seniors though i talk with a lot of my alumni a lot of my like uh friends who are significantly older than I am and from them I do learn a lot of things the first being that our happiness is only what we what like what we know like nobody else knows what takes you know what takes it you know for us to be happy we're the only ones who would know and we're the only ones who can find out 
not even our mom, not even our dad, and not even your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Trust me, only you would know what makes you happy. And a lot of the people out there, what I'm seeing at least, is that they're trying to bet on this so-called happiness by just trying to like copy off of other people. So what they would do is that, oh, okay, since this guy's doing this and he looks happy, why don't I try that and see if I'm happy? You know, and that becomes this whole like trial and error process that really tires you out because, well, the main mistake that we make is that we don't know what makes us happy in the first place. We're just copy pasting someone else's ideals and think like, oh, okay, I mean, if it works for him, I guess it works for me. You know, that's sort of a thinking. So that's also a huge cause why people are having quarter life crisis is because they don't know what makes them happy. They're just copying it blatantly out of everyone else that they know because they think that makes them happy because here's the thing though the reality is it may not be happy for them like they're just acting it out like social media like i said before in previous episodes as well is a huge facade trust me nobody's gonna show their bad side or their sad side in social media trust me they're always gonna try to kind of like promote their lives and make themselves look better than they are because that's what the platform is for like in social media, people are trying to sell themselves. They're trying to sell their persona. They're trying to sell their lives. The quote sharing is pretty much a very polite term of like, hey, this is my life. Like, go look at it. It's good, right? Like, that sort of thing. Nobody's going to go on social media and be like, hey, look at how miserable my life is. Like, go and like all my miserable life pictures. Nobody's going to do that. So, that's the thing. I think those are the three main points. The first being social uh, social expectancy and no not social expectancy but social expectations sorry social expectations the first one the second is basically our quick to succeed mindset and third is our unknown happiness that's the three main reasons in my opinion why uh, we're facing this now what do we do with dealing this you know what what should we do well first things first We start with the last one, which is finding your happiness. Trust me, this is an ongoing process that I would say would take years. But the good way of doing it, in my opinion, is to really focus on what we want to do, what makes us happy. You know, every time before you decide on something, every time you decide on this particular job or this particular career or this particular life decision that you're going to take, just ask yourself, in five or ten years, when I look back, will I be happy with this? In five or ten years, when I make this decision, will I regret this? It's as simple as that sometimes. Because here's the thing. Sometimes when we think, we never think in the long term. We always try to like solve things as quickly as possible and not really think of the repercussions that comes after it. Only when it comes and be like, oh shit, okay, well, can't really do anything about that, right? So... You know, in my opinion, that's the first way of doing it. And second of all is, I think I've said this as well in the previous uh, episode, is that don't try to get yourself in the rat race. If you want to know about the rat race, you can listen to that previous episode. But basically saying that try to take life at your own pace. Some people succeed at 20. Some people succeed at 30. Some people succeed at 40 or 50. Look at Psy. Psy was like 40 when Gangnam Style came out. I mean... By Asian standards, you wouldn't, like, if Psy was, like, 30 and, like, he 
before Gangnam Style, you would say like Psy was like, eh, okay, not not a life I'm gonna remember, but eh, yeah. But hey, you know, <laughs> guess what happened? At 40, you became like a big star out of nowhere. The point is, you never know when life is gonna like take you or where, you know. So take life at your own pace. You know, when you have a crisis, when you want to like, uh, when you don't know where and which road you want to go to, have a think. Take your time. You know, here's the thing. A lot of people, they rush their decision making. All right. Because a lot of times when they try to do something, they do it without planning. That's number one. Number two, they try to like rush things because they just can't stand the pressure that's put upon them. And three that get rich young mindset pushes them even more like okay if i don't take this soon i'm not gonna be rich when i'm 30 shit okay i gotta do this so that sense of urgency is a good thing but at the same time it can also be like interpreted into a like a bad thing because you start to make rash decisions that may not really know where it's gonna take you and whether you're gonna be happy about it a lot of people that i know and uh, this is something that I've seen with my own eyes, heard with my own ears, is that a lot of people don't enjoy their job. Now, what would you think that would be like? Is that considered a quarter-life crisis? I would say, yeah. Obviously. Because now they're in a, in a tight position where they want to think, like, where do I want to go from here on? Do I want to keep working? Do I want to do things that I don't like, even though maybe the money is good? Or do I want to quit and the money is not as good, but at least I'm going to be happy. So before you even make that decision, think about your priorities in life. You know, Structure your priorities in life and just ask yourself, in 5 or 10 years, which one you're not going to regret? And if you say like, well, of course I'm going to take the money then in that case. Okay, sure. In that case, think about what you're going to do with the money. Think about... What good things that money can bring you. And if that is aligned with whatever you want to do. If that is not aligned, then something's wrong. And maybe you have to like go back and try to think again. Because life at the end of the day, it's all about planning. It's all about thinking. It's all about trying to see yourself in a place that you want to be in. But going at it step by step. You know, so the last part, how we can deal in a sense with a quarter life crisis is to just see around you not as a not as an example to copy and paste but as a reference and as an example you saw that particular individual that per, like that person that you know so well and that's what he's doing or that's what she's doing and they're happy with it or they're not happy with it ask them why learn from them listen to their stories because from there it kind of gives you a better image on what you want to do and how you want to do it. And that's the thing that I think a lot of young people like our age, we don't really do much is that we don't ask people enough for their life stories. And the reason why I want to bring this podcast to you guys as well, like this whole concept of Bento podcast, in my opinion, is I want to share with you people's stories. Because the thing is that with the more stories that you hear, with the more things that you know from other people, it becomes like an added experience for you even though you've never gone through any of that thing you know but at least you've got like a clearer image of what you have to do and what you want to do and how you want to do it so ask people around you what they're like what their life stories were and if there's someone that really intrigues you go ask them stuff 
trust me when I say a lot of people would be more than willing to share their stories with you without you giving them anything. Like, for real. Like, all of my guests that came to my podcast, like, what did they get? Nothing. Literally, I didn't even give them anything. But they were so generous enough to actually give their stories and share their stories with all of you guys around the world because they think that's their position when they were your age, when they were our age. You know, they wanted someone's stories and yet they never got one. So now they have the chance to give it back and they are. And honestly, that's one of the reasons why I asked uh, a lot of the guests before coming onto the show. Like, why why do you want to come onto the show for free? Like, what's your main like motivation? Like, what's your reason? And they said, well, I wanted to hear a lot of stories when I was your age, they said. And a lot of them said, you know, for some people, I got the story and I just want to give it back. And for some other guests, they were like, you know, I never got the chance to kind of like give this sort of a story, this sort of an insight. And, you know, now I have, like, the capacity to do so. And I just want to do it so that no people would, like, uh, at least regret or, like, um, you know, repeat the same mistake that I did. So in that sense, ask people around you. Learn from people around you. And just learn from their life experiences and try to, like, figure out your own. Because at the end of the day, a quarter-life crisis can only be solved by you and you alone. Honestly. You can't go to a therapist. You can't go to a renowned psychologist. You can't go to a doctor. You can't go to your mom. You can't go to your dad. You can't go to your friends because they won't solve it for you. You're the only one that will solve it. You're the only one that is capable of solving it. And you're the only one that will solve it. Trust me. And here's the thing with a quarter life crisis. Is it a phase in life that will just go away? Yes. I think it is. But how much of an effect will that sort of a case bring to our lives in the future like that's the concerning part you know of course you want to make the right decisions every single time nobody wants to make the wrong decisions but sometimes it's really down to our guts and it's really down to what we believe in because we never know at the end of the day which one's right which one's wrong the only thing the only solace we can take is that Whatever decisions we made is that we're doing it for a valid reason that we personally ourselves would say we won't regret this when we're doing this and so on and so forth. And I think that's how we can deal with a quarter life crisis. All right. So we still got a lot of time. So I think I'm going to fit in more questions and you guys did send a lot of questions. So thank you very much for that. And I'm just going to go through it um, one by one. Not all, but... I'll go through like at least uh, the the top most. Um, okay, so first question is, how do you know which option is the right one without wasting time and testing each of them? All right. Um, here's the thing. I know that everyone wants to make the right decision every time. Like I said before, nobody wants to make the wrong decision. Nobody wants to walk in the wrong path and just move back and go to the right one. But here's the thing about life. Like, there's just no way of knowing which one's right, which one's wrong. You know, life is a learning process. It's an ever-learning process that you just can't stop. You have to continue to trial and error some stuff. But, like I said before, trial and error is fine. As long as your mind is there and as long as you're doing it for the right reasons and as for reasons that in 5 to 10 years you're not going to regret. Because here's the thing. The goal is set. Whatever you want in life, you know. But the way to go there... You don't know. 
But as long as you reach there at the end, I think it doesn't matter how you go. You know, you can take A, B, C, or D route, but at the end of the day, if it reaches your goal, then I say, why not? You know, there's never one solution to everything. There's always multiple solutions in everything and anything. And so, how do you know which option is the right one? For me personally, this is what I do. We can't know which one's right or wrong. But one thing we can do is pick the option which feels the most right. It's not right, but it's the most right. So it actually, at least it feels better than picking the wrong option, I would say. How I would do it is this. First, like I said, ask me the, ask myself that question of whether I'm going to regret this in 5 to 10 years. Second of all is what can I learn from this? That's the second one. And the third is what's the opportunity that can come from this? The fourth one is what's the bad that's going to come out of this? What's the worst thing that could happen? You know, what's the worst thing that could happen if I pick this route? And what's the best thing that could happen if I pick this route? And I just measure, like, I just compare them, honestly. Like, which one do you like more? And here's the thing. When your gut says something, when your feeling inside you says something, because it happens all the time. When you want to try to do something, when you want to try to decide for something, a lot of the times your stomach, your gut would somehow, some way, tell you to pick a certain option. If you're the type like, like you're like me, then go with your guts. Honestly, and I'm not even joking. Go with your guts because the thing is that scientifically speaking, your guts is basically your basic inner conscience trying to tell you to pick a certain option that fits you the most. So just trust your guts. If your guts is wrong, then it's not that because it's wrong. It's because you wanted to try but you're afraid of the failure. It's not because you don't want to try. It's not because you're, uh, you know, it's not because your gut is wrong, but it's because your gut is telling you to try something because you want to really try it, but you're just scared of trying it. And at the end of the day, if you did fail, at least you tried and you learned something from it. All right, so in my opinion, that's how I, I would go with it. All right. And, you know, hopefully that answers your question. But, yeah, thank you for asking your question. So moving on to the next one. All my plans have gone wrong, and it makes me very afraid to plan anymore. Um, I don't know where to start anymore. Well, first of all, I'm very sorry to say, uh, very sorry to hear that uh, all your plans have gone wrong. Obviously, nobody wants their plans to go wrong at any point in time, ever. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to go through that, and for sure, nobody wants to experience that. But it happens, you know, and it's, it's just a part of life that we just can't get away from. It's just a part of life that we have to learn to live with, and for some reason, we just have to, like, try to get over it. Here's the thing. I know a quarter-life crisis can also involve when plans don't go their way and for some reason plans just crumble and especially during this you know COVID pandemic sort of an era plans do crumble more often than you'd see and more often than you'd like to believe. My honest advice would be whatever your plan is here's the thing a plan always have a goal right whatever plans you've made you have a goal. 
Sure, the plan may not work, but that doesn't mean you don't have to like leave your goal. It just means you have to replan the same thing. You just have to keep the same goal, but you know, plan it in a different way. Just like I mentioned just now, you have the same goal, but if A is not like if path A is not working for you, then try path B. If path B is not working for you, try C or D and E, and trust your guts. Whatever feels the most right to you, do that. You know yourself better than anyone else on earth. You know yourself better than anyone on the universe. And I'm pretty sure whatever guts you've decided on, that's pretty much the best option you could ever go with. Here's the thing. You don't have to start anywhere. And you don't have to think where to start. You've already started. You've made a plan. That has already started. It's just that it's taking a detour and you just have to build another road to that same destination. The goal remains the same. I'm going to repeat this more than like what I'm saying right now. But here's the thing. The goal remains the same. The plan is the only thing that went wrong. But the goal remains the same. The goal is not going anywhere. Only the plan. Just because a road is closed, you know, doesn't mean the building you're going to is closed as well, right? Just because the road is closed, just find another road. The building's still there. The goal is still there. Just find another road. And that's exactly how we should try and like take life. That's how we should kind of like face quarter life crisis. We shouldn't take it as a stop sign. Take it as a detour, filling up for gas. You might change your route after you filled your gas, but at the same time, you know, you're still going to reach in your destination. You know, so always try to take that into mind, in my opinion, and never forget that. The goal is the one thing you should never forget. The plan may change, but the goal remains the same. Okay, the uh, third question we have. So I guess this is the first time I'm going to go more than two. But okay, second, uh, the third question here is that. Okay, let me just check that. Okay. Having one of the biggest worries that I have is that I'm not going to amount to anything and I'm going to live an average life because all the decisions I've made may or may not be the best decision for me. Okay, here's the thing. I completely understand your thought. Like, literally, I can relate with that 155%. That's a very odd number to pick. I don't know why I did that. But everyone, here's the thing. To whoever is asking this question, everyone is thinking the exact same thing. Out of a thousand listeners, out of ten thousand listeners, out of a million listeners who are aged between 18 and 27 or maybe even 30, trust me when I say that everyone is saying and thinking the same thing. Nobody wants to live an average life. Nobody, not you, not me, not the security guard that's guarding your house, not the security guard guarding the mall, not anyone wants to live an average life. But what's average is for you to decide, honestly. Average, good, successful, failure, all these things are just words that people put to kind of make themselves feel better about themselves. These are words that people make to kind of like gauge their lives in an imaginative 
and subjective way. No standard on earth decides what's average or what's not. Whatever is average is up to you. Here's the thing. Nobody wants to live an average life, but that doesn't mean your life right now is average. That's the thing. So it's all about the mindset. It's all about deciding what you want, like what, what's your ideal life, right? And then try to tone that down and then think of it realistically and whether that's happy for you or not. It's as simple as that. If you don't want to live an average life, right, then get out of it. If you think your life now is average, then get out of there. I don't know how, but just get out of there. You know, because the first thing you have to do is you have to have the will to get out of there. And I'm pretty sure whatever decision you make is going to be a decision that gets you out of there. It all starts with the mind. The mind is a very powerful thing. It's a very powerful weapon. You know, once you arm it with this uh, mindset of I want to get out of this rut, I want to be better than whoever thought I was going to be, then do that. Use that mindset and grind. Just grind. Honestly. It's going to take 10 years, maybe more. But at the end of the day, you're going to take a deep breath. Look back at 5 to 10 years and you're going to say it's all worth it. Trust me when I say. Sound fair enough? Because it sounds fair enough to me. And don't try to think of your life as being average. Honestly. We have a lot of things to be thankful for in life, and I think we have to give credit to that as well. Because counting the small blessings in life is really what counts. And I think the pandemic really teach, like you know, taught me that as well. Is that you know, counting our small blessings would do wonders for us. All right. So the final question. Uh, I'm just gonna take four. Um, all right. Let's see. Questions. Question. Okay. Alright, it says here, okay, it's not really a question, it's more of a, uh, well, yeah, kind of a question slash comment. It's like, okay, society is asking too much out of us, and yet they're not giving back. And now we're stuck in this rut, and now nobody wants to take us back, or help us. Honestly, in my opinion, I think this whole quarter life crisis thing is never our fault, but it's those before us. If only they've never given us the sort of expectations, we wouldn't have been here in the first place. What do you think? Whew. All right. Um, <laughs> honestly, that's a pretty deep question and a pretty deep statement to begin with. Okay. Here's the thing. Um, I can understand your point of view, definitely. Uh, but here's the thing, you know, like we, we can't just pinpoint on someone and say, this is your fault and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your expectations. You know, it's not it's not a very fair blame to make as well. You know, I know society has their own flaws and I know society has their own sort of um, mistakes, but bygones are bygones, you know. Once you once it's there, there's really nothing you can do about it. So, I think the best way we can think of this is this. Society has challenged us. 
All right. And I always like to think that this generation, the millennial and the Gen Z generation, is the best generation that the world has ever seen. We're the most creative generation ever. We're the most open-minded generation ever. And we are one of the most hardworking generations ever. Trust me. Those in the war generation, those are excellent generations as well. But we are not second to them at any point in time. People may think we're soft and this and that and that. It's not that we're soft. It's just that the mental burden that the world is giving us is becoming heavier. That's why people are perceiving us as soft. But we're not. Trust me when I say that. And here's the thing. Since they're challenging us, the society, everyone is challenging us to kind of live up to their expectations. Think of that in a positive way. When someone's challenging you, don't you want to prove them wrong? Because I do. I would love to prove them wrong. And that becomes like the main fuel that drives me to kind of say, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm going to show you what this generation is capable of. I'm going to show you that this generation is capable of way more things than whatever you guys have been up to in the past 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Trust me. This generation is going to do great things and this generation is going to lead in the world into a better time. We just have to answer the call. We don't have to think of this as, oh, it's because of you that we're in this call, like in this problem. It's just think of it as a challenge. Society is giving us a challenge and it's up to us to kind of whether we want to like take that challenge or do we want to check it out. I want to take the challenge. I'm just going to say, you know what, I'm just going to shove one up when the sun doesn't rise. I'm just going to shove it up one there. And I'm just going to show you like this generation is going to great make great things. And this generation is going to definitely lit your past generation up in flames because we're going to smoke it. You're going to eat our dust. That's for sure. So in that sense, always frame things in a more positive and in a more, I would say, motivational kind of like perspective. Because here's the thing. A lot of things in society right now want to bring us down. It's up to us whether we want to frame that as a threat or as a harm, something that's harmful to us, or do we want to pivot that and take that as a challenge that we have to rise up to. All right. But thank you very much for that very deep comment and question, because I think what you're saying and what you're writing is basically what everyone in the world you know, our age is thinking at a certain point in time. Maybe not every time, but definitely a certain point in time. We all think like that. So with that in mind, I hope this episode has been very, uh, you know, I would say educational and I would say useful to you guys. And, um, at the, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just like all of you guys, you know, everyone is sharing the same burden. Trust me when I say you're not alone. We're all in this together as a generation. And, the only way we can get out of this rut is by collaborating, pulling ourselves together, and just rising up together. If you have friends that you believe in, people that you want to confide in, do that. Because trust me, in the long run, it's going to help a lot. Alright, hope you enjoy this episode. Like I said before, if this is an episode you like, for those in the Apple Podcast listening, please give us a five-star review. And if you want to like uh, follow us on our social media, you can go into our Instagram at bentopodcast.id. You can also email your questions or any comments or anything of those sorts to our email at bentopodcast2020 at gmail.com. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Ben, as usual, and I'm going to see you next week. All right. Bye-bye, guys.